Welcome into Missing the Point. I'm DK Sizzle here with Real BK Bob Kelly in the fresh aftermath of the murder in Miami that just took place. Uh, The final score was Celtics a million. Heat a little. Reminded me of a a quote uh, by FBI agent Adam Frawley. John Hamm in the movie The Town. This is the not fucking around crew. So someone get me something that looks like a print because this not fucking around thing is about to go both ways. Bobby, you just watched the fucking Celtics demolish the Miami Heat in a fashion that I feel we were pretty sure was going to happen at some point. I, I feel that I feel that our confidence in this team it, it's it's a cycle. It's it, it's the team played with confidence. The team played with grit. The team stopped doing all the stupid shit that they were doing in the past few years to blow leads and get fucked up, and they did it in game one a little. But we owed them some faith. And that faith paid off. What'd you think of that game? Yeah, man, this is a hundred percent what I expected out of this game. Uh, one twenty-seven to one hundred two is closer than this game actually was. This game did have an opportunity to be a forty to fifty point game. Everybody pulled point. their starters around about nine minutes yeah. left in the fourth, which is yeah. uh, which is pretty fucking embarrassing, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know it was the smart thing to do, and the commentators were like. Well, that, that was just a smart thing to do. And it's like, well, all right. I don't think so much in this game. It was absurd. Oh, um, but no, I mean, yeah, no, this was exactly what I expected. Let's say I said it after last game to every Celtics fan on Twitter that was having a heart attack or everyone everywhere. It was negative. It was negative. Bro, the, like the, the, the tone was dark. We owe this team so much more after what we just witnessed than A, to turn on them after one loss, especially in game one of a series. And B, to do that loss. Close battling without two of your best defense. Two, no, not two of your best defensive players. Your two best defensive players and your two heart and souls. Like, that's the biggest thing I heard about game one is like, oh, they just had no heart. Well, yeah, their fucking heart and soul was on the bench, guys. Like, we, we, we just talked about this at, at nauseating fashion for so long. How much Marcus and Al mean to this team, to the heart. To what they play with. And it was so evident tonight, man. Like, within 10 minutes, we were like, oh, right. This is our fucking team. It's just, it, it, it's, it's night and day, man. Those 100%. two mean so much. You remember when Draymond kicked LeBron in the balls? Yeah. And everybody yeah. knew. Great. That Great. Everybody yeah. knew that, that Steph and Clay weren't going to be able to beat the Cavs in that following game when he was suspended. And it swung the entire series in, right. in that finals. Yeah. That's, it, it, it's, it, they don't have to be your best, most talented player to be just as important to your winning as your best. More most, important. If not more important than your best, most talented player. Yeah, the game's all about buckets. We get that. You know, and we got two guys that can go get you those. And we'll, and we'll obviously go on to talk about uh, J, JB and JT's performance in, in this game because it was, I think, uh, professional, mature, consistent, like all these words. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't t- Tatum going off in, mm-hmm. in game six against Milwaukee, but it was, it was exactly what they needed to do. But since we're on Marcus Smart, a god among men, of course. I think, I think him coming in with a, a ch- this is the perfect Marcus Smart potion, a chip on his shoulder, something to prove, uh, uh, a, a narrative that that he wasn't involved in the first game, and that's why, and and you know that to prove, and a guy who really just put his fucking hand on the top of the Celtics head and said like it's all right, little guy in game one in Jimmy Butler, and Marcus being like okay. 
Let's see if those switches work because he even let them switch him and Peyton Pritchard a couple of times. And like, yeah, Jimmy Lay had a little, he had a little run of the third. I'm not like taking that away from him. It's not like it mattered though. Marcus was fucking all over him from the start. And Jimmy had to go a thousand miles an hour in order to produce that like little spell of Jimmy Butlerisms because he's not fucking Giannis. And this is what I was saying to you. I watching this series is already more relaxing because Giannis isn't in there to just do whatever the fuck he wants for four quarters across six point eight games. You know what I mean? It's like it's just not the same thing when it's Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler, but Marcus being able to come in and do that. And yeah, heart and soul is, is the point. I think Al contributed. Uh, I was saying it was Al was just as important as Marcus to come back in, but I, that's clearly was not true. That like that I was clearly wrong about that. Marcus was a huge influencer because of the way this Miami Heat team play, because of the way that their guards rotate and switch. And there was a moment, let's talk about this, there was a moment sort of at the start, like the very, very start, where the role players started banging in shots and we all got a little bit worried. Let's talk about what we did to mitigate those guys and how it should make you less worried that their three and four guys are, you know, they're just, they're just, not, they're just not it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like your point is true after and I but I think you should include include Bam in it after Jimmy, Hero and Bam, their options are fucking plummet. There's they nothing plummet. There. So let's talk about their role players a little bit, too. I because I, I, you're making points about them in the discord where like, are you scared? I'm not. No, not even a little bit, man. Listen, Gabe Vincent and what's his name? Max Struess. Who you, Struess. I mean, former Struess. former Celtic, former Celtic, a decent little three point shooter. And and Vincent's, I think, a really good dribbler, and he's he plays good in and out. And I think he could be the seventh best guy on a championship team. Yeah, not the fourth. Right, right. He, he's 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 Peyton Peyton Pritchard on the Celtics. You know what I mean? That's the role he would be playing on our team. And it's just when you look up and down the rosters, man, it's not even close. You know what I mean? Like up and down, it's not even close. It was right. close in game one. It was. Yeah, because we had because because we didn't have Horford and Smart, right? Yeah. It's They're like, three and four. I mean, that, that's the that's just the the, the long and short of it is it's going, one and it two goes, on defense and yeah, one and yeah. yeah, a solid one. Unless we're playing the Nets, yeah, where it, it go, it definitely goes. I think in just order of of talent and importance and like roles, it definitely. And I correct me if I'm wrong. It definitely goes Jason, uh, Jalen, Smart, Horford. I, like I really think Horford's number four, I, I, and I and I know that that's if you went and if you if you if you took if if, um, if this version of me went back in time and told me like you know nine months ago that I'd be saying that Horford's our fourth most important guy and it's a good thing, I'd be like you're out of your fucking mind, dude. Yeah. Like no way. But I mean in this playoffs, it's it's, a, it's I feel like it's undisputable, and I think like go, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just absolutely absolutely, and there's no so. It's just what, when you think about it, so that I said this earlier is to you is like they take away the two of them specifically take away the thinking for our two top guys. You know what I mean? When, when, Often without, two. Yeah. Right, uh, exactly. Without Horford and Smart, Tatum and Brown have to think about the game going on around them. They have to think about the game plan. They have to think about all this shit. With Horford and Smart in there, man, they're the brains of the operation. Like yeah. you, you, you've been in in projects before where you have poor leadership and, and poor things at the top, where where everyone is thinking about each individual thing they have to do, and it's a fucking disaster. When people just step in and do their job and do what they're supposed to do, and they have someone being there, 
so they know if they fuck up or something goes wrong, they're there to calm shit down. Yeah. And that's what those two are, man. So like you you can't understate the importance to me. Everyone's like, excuses, excuses. It's it's legitimate, man. It's not an excuse. These two are so important to it's the not, it's not of even our, so much of our it's, basketball team. You know? it's, yeah, it's not even so much that it's an excuse. It's it's a fact. I mean, it, it, we, right. we took the we took the first L on the chin. No problem. You know, like it wasn't. Oh, if we foot, you know, it, I, I think everyone's attitude, everyone's the, the healthy side of, of the Celtics fan fandom. I th- and I, th- I said this on our last show with Joe. I think our attitude wasn't like we're making excuses for losing game one. I still think we could have won game one. And I think that was damning for the heat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Exactly. I, I think exactly. it was like, well, let's see, let's see. Cause they're going to come back most likely game two and let's fucking see, like, let's, let's see if, if they are going to make a difference. And there was that this argument was happening on national fucking television with two. I watched Shaq and Charles go back and forth about, if it was going to make, oh, shit, the heat, look, they just have too much. It's just like 2020 in the bubble. And Shaq was like, I think, I can't remember. If, uh, I honestly get them confused because they, they both say dumb shit a lot. But I think Shaq said to Charles, hey, dummy, it makes a difference when the defensive player of the year comes back in. Or Charles just said to Shaq, one or the other. One was fucking right and one was wrong. And because, like, obviously it does. Obviously it fucking does. Like, they were, du- they were bullying Peyton Pritchard. We shouldn't right. be in that situation where they're bullying Peyton Pritchard. You know what I mean? It's it's just not it's not acceptable, and we're not going to win that way. You know, and and I think tonight, especially with guys like Pritchard, we were able to roll him in on the offensive side of the ball and cover him defensively. You know, because Mark, I don't know if you noticed, but every single time Peyton Pritchard was in a, a defensive situation, Marcus Smart was no less than six feet away from him. A hundred percent. Every single fucking time. Man. Every yeah. single fucking time. So it's like that's what you do. That's what that's what guys like Marcus Smart do. I I so let's you know, and I want to get back to this because I think it's a good question. You're Eric Spolster right now. You're the Heat. You just watched a fully healthy Celtics be longer, stronger, more athletic, have more options offensively. Pretty much have you kind of figured out defensively. What do you do? You know, Bam was a non-factor because Al was just too big and too strong whenever he tried to go in. Uh, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy will, will, go, will go get his, but Tyler Hero, is that, you know, do you think he's going to recreate you a fucking bubble miracle, dude? He's just, he's, he was the sixth man of the year. That's great. He looked every inch a not, not a starter today, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, so what, like, so put yourself in the difficult scenario of Eric Spolster's shoes right now. What do you do? What do you do when you go to Boston? You got to find ways. It's, I think you got to find ways to switch different people on to Jimmy Butler, man. Don't switch it, it, work with Marcus is in there. <laughs> I know, exactly. So that's why it's just like, bro, this, this series could be what we were all thinking and and be quicker than people think. I mean, we'll see what happens when we get back to Boston. I don't know, like, jinx us or call our shot or anything like that. But, like, when you look at I'm the matchup, when, confident. Yeah, when, you look at, when you look at what you see, when we're a fully healthy basketball team, man, there, there's not much they can do offensively against us. You know what I mean? Like, so the two guys that played the most important villain roles in game one, Tyson, Tyson and fucking Bro, Tyson is the least switchable player on the Celtics. That's how you beat Tyson. You make him switch and he makes bad decisions. Yeah. It's like he, and he's slow and, and he's awkward. right. He, yeah. he, he's he's the he's the least uh, advantage person. for. All right. It's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? He's the least positive person when it comes to switches on the Celtics. So, so yeah. you have that where it's like he doesn't fit into that defensive strategy at all. 
Yeah. Then you have Neesmith, who we haven't seen since the All-Star break. And it's yeah. just like, bro. Some encouraging minutes from him in game one, I thought. But yeah. Yeah, no. And he was pretty good in game one, actually. But I mean, he shouldn't be out there right now. Right. He's right. like, it's the Eastern court, Conference bro. Finals. It's crazy. Yeah. And when we're full strength, they just can't match up with us. And that's, that's yeah. play, playing. In we th- weren't even full strength tonight. We were missing Derek White, who plays like a lot of important minutes for us. I mean, I know we've had our Derek White back and forth, but, you know, we were missing him. And, and I feel like. I feel like Pritchard being out there, I think he's really does bring a lot offensively. I think he backs himself when he shoots. I, I really like how he takes care of the basketball. I think that's his number one quality that he can bring to the table for us right now. Like his just, offensive rebounding is absurd <laughs> for a little guy. I don't bro, I don't understand how he almost gets rebounds over yeah. seven footers. And I thought it was really impressive when he won uh that battle rap against Papa Doc and all those guys at the end of eight mile. I thought that was really, I thought that was really impressive because like no one believed in him and he had already choked at the start. We all did, Bobby. We're all, we're all white dudes that went to school (laughs) from like two, went to high school, like in the, in the 2006 to 2012 range, you know, it's everybody's got those, um, Everybody in the three one three, put your motherfucking hands up and follow. Thank you for knowing exactly what I'm doing right there. You know, follow Peyton P. All right. So, point B. Uh, Peyton Pritchard's not seen as many minutes tonight if Derek White's in there, and Derek White defensively is the opposite of Peyton Pritchard. You're not exploiting him. He can actually stay one on one with guys. So when he comes back, if everyone got you know God willing. Uh, so sports is when I become not an atheist. When the Lord above wills it, hopefully everybody <laughs> stays healthy. And and it's. Derek White comes in and it's it's more defense on on yeah, man. long guards and 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 guys like uh, guys like fucking Struce. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's great. You can just eliminate those dudes with it with a Derek White appearance. So Rayshon said said tonight. Uh, he pointed out Spolster keeps calling the same fucking play he does. over and over again, and he, he does. does. It's right or down because because that's all they got. That's man. All they got. That's all they got. <laughs> and it's like. When, when you look at what they just did, even in their past series, like they barely beat a 76ers who had a, I mean, a broken, injured, injured down Embiid. It, it James Harden, who's a yeah. shell. And they and it, it took them six to beat them. Yeah. So it's like, man, when, when you think about what we already beat in the teams that, we, that we've already gone through, the Heat. That's what I keep trying to compare them, them to them. Man. Is, they don't compare to them. This is what I've been trying to tell people for four fucking days. Yeah, that totally. Bucks series was crazy hard they're the defending nba champions they have a freakish fucking like alien on their team they were playing pretty well and they have legitimate <laughs> role players they yeah. have legitimate, legitimate role, role players role player. they, they they took away the thing that we love to do to teams which is be longer and stronger and more athletic than them like we're doing to the heat right now they took that away from us and we had to figure some other shit out and just battle they play aggressive defense. They were the number one defense across the whole playoffs. They're they're super legit. They're a super legit team. They're fucking hard to beat. And I think that we and you know another point, a good point Ray made in the in the Discord. We we've won eight of nine quarters. Eight eight of we've won seven of eight. We've won seven of eight. For, <laughs> I'm not fucking coming to eight. It's this is a late show. We've won seven eight of nine. It's funny because we played an extra quarter. I think Ray did say eight of nine, and which confused me. So I'm blaming him for that. But we won seven of eight quarters. We lost the third quarter it, against them in game one. That's that's it. You know what I mean? That's all. That's all we've we've all we've done. So I think if we just consistently keep winning quarters like this, I mean, even when we went down, you know, I was like, it's fine. <laughs> this is like legitimately going to be fine. Like 
it didn't feel great when like their shots were dropping. But I, right away to you, when everyone started to panic, I was like, okay, first of all, they're like deep role players are hitting fucking deep threes. Relax. I right? was like, Jimmy Butler just hit a circus shot. You were like, yeah, I guess two of his points were like from a probably was just yamming a fucking block right into his hands and jumped right into his lap, bro. So you take those points away. It's like a different story. And I think that this Celtics team and, you know, we should come on, I think, to talk about email a little bit. I think this Celtics team, a lot of its resiliency comes from being able to chill the fuck out in its timeouts. I think I love the way they came out of timeouts tonight again. I love the way they came out of halftime tonight. I think it's. I think that Ime encourages the right things from the right players. I, I think that's what he does. And I think he there, there seems to be a mantra. And every time I hear a mic'd up, there seems to be a mantra that's kind of, kind of stuck out to me is keep playing the right way. Keep playing the right way. Keep playing the right way. And it's like it, the thing that we were so upset with them about two years ago, one year ago, you know, the bubble, like all the, all these different runs, all these different playoff runs. They had a tendency to stop playing their game and stop doing what got them there. They had a real tendency to do that under Brad and then probably at the start of this season too, under, under email a little bit, but I think that's a little hangover. Talk to me about what it is that you see in their resiliency and how different of a team they are coming out of timeouts, coming out of half times, and when they, when they face adversity, when they face runs, when they have to weather storms. Like this has been a big narrative we've been talking about. What, what is it that you think they're doing differently that, you, that you've seen that's making you feel as good as I feel about it and, and better than we have in the past couple of years? I mean, I think, I mean, Ime, I, I say that wrong every time. You do say that wrong every time. Ime. I've gotten used to it. <laughs> Ime. Um, he just, it, it's, it's exactly what he says, man. They play their fucking game. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been this way, honestly, for this whole run. Because when this team has played their game, and the way that we all know that they've been capable of playing, they're this team. You know what I mean? It's when they get stuck in those ISO ball situations or when they when they get lackadaisical on defense. But this team doesn't seem to do that. And yeah, listen, that was a historically bad third quarter. But no, it literally it, was like the second worst. Historically bad, right. Yeah. Even if that was casually bad, we might win game one. Mm-hmm. Right? Even, yeah. even if they outscore us by 11. It, well, if, they, if, it's, if, it's, if it's not insurmountable going into the fourth, we, right. we still we look we're looking okay, right? Exactly, and so it, it's just the the overall work that Ime, you see that's two that's two in a row <laughs> has has done with this team is just it's it's crazy, man. I, I just I don't know what it is that he does. I really think it really is just reminding them to play their play their goddamn game, play the way that I know you guys are capable of, and and we'll be okay. It's kind of like. So it reminds me of uh, 08 with this, with Doc when we were down 23, 24 points in that game. And you remember going to those timeouts. The Lakers come be back like, game? keep Yeah, the Lakers come back. Keep playing defense. Your shots will fall. Yeah. I know your shots will fall. You yeah. keep playing defense. And that's what they did. Yeah. They kept chipping away and finally we came back. It, it reminds me a lot of that where it's like he knows what this team can do and what mm-hmm. we're capable of. It's just a matter of keeping their heads in the right place, man. And okay. and. And it's obviously, obviously working pretty well. Yeah, that worked pretty well. I said to Joe yesterday when we were doing the 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 kind of the commiseration for of game one and the preview of game two. I, I was saying, and you know, you worry about jinx and this stuff, but at the end of the day, you got to give your analysis. I was saying, I think the Heat might have showed everything they have. I I, I think they might have given us everything they've got, and 
the lack of ideas that they had to come back tonight, like their run was just what they were already doing, working a little bit better, you know, and, mm -hmm. and like, for, for instance, uh, a lot of, a lot was talked about the ball pressure working on the Celtics because the Celtics and what, you know, you and I have been saying this, don't love the ball handling from most of our guys, you know, don't love it. Marcus has gotten so much better at bringing the ball up the court that they tried to pressure us and we just moved the ball. Like it was just that simple. It was like they pressured the man and just moved the ball. And Jeff Van Gundy, who, you know, I maintain is, uh, is, is a dork and a fraud. I, I was listening to him being like, horrible, he's so bad. He's such he's a bad commentator. Horrible. It's so bad. Uh, he makes Mark Jackson worse too, but, uh, who's also not great at commentary. <laughs> so I just sort of want, like, I mean, I know this is a dick move, but like, because they're both coaches, they both often say coachy things. Like, it's, I, I'd call a timeout right now. Or like, I'd challenge that right now. I'm like, would you? Because you're a commentator now because you sucked it. <laughs> so maybe just let the man do his fucking job because he's in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I know people have things to say about Mark Jenks not getting a fair shake. And I think that's maybe fair. But end of the day, he's not a fucking coach anymore. So it's just like, nope. And they call each other coach, too. It's such a fucking, like, golf guy slapping each other on the back bullshit. Anyway, whatever. Point B. And Gunny kept being like, you gotta make Jalen Brown put the ball on the floor and dribble. You gotta make him put the ball on the floor and dribble because that's what... And I'm like, dude, they're trying. They're try I'm literally watching them try to do that. It's not fucking working. Every time he gets... First of all, if he has space, he can dribble and he can make fucking moves. And he had some, like, sexy fucking dribble pull-up mid-range shots tonight, which I really appreciated. I get that if he gets pressured, sometimes he makes bad decisions, but he wasn't doing that tonight because guys like Marcus, guys like Al, they were just showing for the ball. And they were like, it's cool, man. You're pressured. Just pass it right off. Like, all good. They cannot, and no one can double team us. Nobody in this league can double team us I, anywhere they go. That is, the, that is our fucking secret sauce. You seen anybody try to, like, really legitimately double team Jason Tatum in this postseason? Because it's suicide. It's fucking it is. suicide. It is 100%. He'll kill you. He'll, he'll pass out of that double team and whoever gets the ball most likely can shoot. And I just think it's like watching this team in that regard. It's just like, I pick your poison. That's what I've been saying. It's like, pick your poison. How do you want to die? How do you want to go? Do you want to, you want to leave Jalen Brown open? He's going to kill you. He's going to fucking kill you. He's, he's shooting so confidently right now. He's, he's, his confidence is absolutely off the charts. You want to, you want to have put Jason Tatum. You want to put the ball in his hands. He's going to kill you. You want to let Marcus Smart lead the fucking dance. He's going to kill you. Oh, you, oh, you, 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 you picked the, 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 the lesser of all evils and you left Al Horford open for three. He, he killed you. He, he hit the shot. Grant Williams. Oh, uh, well, Grant Williams is goofy. Hit it. Yeah, Grant hit Williams it. Goofy. Like, got it. Well, all right. Well, this guy coming over. Pump fake, sidestep, bang. It's going. Last man off the bench, Peyton Pritchard. <laughs> Peyton Drain Pritchard, it. leave him over. You know, I mean, That's they, what he does. I mean, to be fair, they did fucking torture Peyton Pritchard on the other end of the ball during the, uh, during the game. game but, but, yeah, but yeah, we covered up. Covered up. You know, we covered up. And I think uh, I think it's it's the the mistakes are getting smaller, the the stretches of bad decision making are are, are shrinking uh, from series to series, and yeah, that was a bad third quarter. Don't get me wrong, that was a bad third quarter. But I you know I I accept it and and I live with it. All right, let's move on to a preview. Oh no, you got one more? Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, listen, and this even goes into the preview because it kind of is gonna go to my prediction for Game Three. Is like we owe this team so much more. Than to bail on them after that last no, game, man. No like, listen, anyway. I get it. It was a bad game. We had a bad game, game one against the Nets. We had a bad game, game one against the Bucks. The Bucks are much, 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 much better 
than this Miami Heat team. Okay. Listen, yeah. Drew Holiday's not walking out of that fucking court for Miami. I can promise you that. Yeah. And, and B is they haven't lost consecutive games. Yeah, there was two streaks. It, there was two streaks tonight. There was uh, that, and one of them had to get broken. The Heat hadn't lost at home in the playoffs yet, and we hadn't lost back-to-back games. So the, one of those streaks had to go tonight. Not just in the playoffs, though, since February. So we, we haven't, lost, we haven't since, lost back-to-back games since February? Since February. So, so for us to lose this... I didn't period, know that. Now, now that we have home court again, right, we literally have to do something that we haven't done. And the Heat have to do something to us that hasn't been done in over three months. Now that we have beat home it, court Beat again. us back-to-back, yeah. Beat no, us back-to-back I, games. Great. I <laughs> love it. So let's go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked so much about how important it was to to take a home to take a, a game away from the Miami, and how because of the way this series is kind of shaped up, how important it would be to take one of the early games because now we get a break, we get a little break, we get to go home, they get to sit in their own fucking houses, they get to drink out of their own fucking glasses, they get to eat their own dinner, and they get to drive to work. All these things. So moving on to uh, to a preview. Oh, and I'd just like to say, just as a quick aside. Uh, we put up a video of a couple of shows ago of me saying that Jason Tatum is now currently better than Paul Pierce ever was. And we got a lot of reactions out of that. And a lot of people responded. And I'd just like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely fucking nobody because the double <laughs> champ does what the fuck he wants. I mean, wait, sorry. Uh, because it, I'm right. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Right. And what's, what's right. nice about this take and, and what, I, what I really love about it and the kind of people that are you know arguing with me about it and, and arguing with my friends about it. And they're being like, oh, can you say that? It's a nostalgia. It's a nostalgia response is what you're having. But what, and I totally appreciate it. I was there for all the Paul Pierce years too. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing a fucking Celtics podcast for my health. You know, I obviously give a shit. Uh, but I would just like to say that Jason Tatum has had five 50 plus point games to Paul Pierce's one. If you look at just Paul's 10 seasons in Boston, just his 10 seasons in Boston and his playoff averages, Tatum is ahead of him in all the important categories. Tatum's already made deeper runs in the playoffs than Paul did in his first five years. I mean, the, the list goes on. I don't want to have 10 years, guys. Yeah, no, listen, no, I it, mean, in his in his in Paul's first five years to, and versus Tatum's first five years, Tatum's made deeper runs already. The like if you compare their first five. No, years, I know. I'm saying like besides the NBA finals year, there wasn't any other run that he made. So it's right. Not even right. Fucking, and I and I get it. And that out to yeah, nine years. And I get Tatum's, Tatum's five been on, are still better. Tatum's been on on better teams. And, you know, it's a different set of circumstances. What I don't want, and and you guys don't want this either, because I, I'm I'm better at this than you, uh, and I'm talking to the audience. I what I don't want is to have an argument about this, because what I was trying to illustrate by saying that is to rack your brains around to the current plethora of fucking talent that you have on your Celtics team, please, and you need please. to appreciate it, because there's people on Twitter going, "I'm taking Paul over the over Tatum all day," and I'm like, "No, you're not, because that is not fucking a fucking crazy. option right now." That is not an option. What you have right now is a fucking unbelievable all-star, superstar, potential top five player in the NBA on your team. Just fucking appreciate it and stop being such misery guts. That's all we've, I'm saying. We've never, listen, Paul Pierce was amazing. Okay. I love Paul. I, I'm with, I, he is my guy. Yeah. He was never even considered a top 10 player. No. In the NBA. I mean, you I know think what he I mean? was underrated. I honestly think 100% he was, he was underrated, but he was never even fucking close no. to the talent level that Jason. I'll never forget that first rookie season, man. When Jason Tatum yams on LeBron, right? Yeah. Yes, we lost that. We Or even that entire run. Totally. You just knew that this dude is different, man. When he 
wants his shot, he goes and fucking yeah. gets it. I mean, it. also, but yeah, when side their position, there's so it, many different things that he checks the fucking board on. It, you just it's like, too much. he's he's an ungodly basketball player. So, yeah, yeah I agree with you. I just, the thing, the, the nice thing about this take, the nice thing about this take is I'm getting in on the fucking ground floor. Like, I'm, I'm buying the stock early and I'm getting in on the ground floor because it's going to age like a fucking fine wine. And I want, and the it nice share is, and the nice thing about the internet is it's forever. So everybody that talks this shit, I can't wait to just come back and say like, did you enjoy that? Another Jason Tatum performance, that just, other Jason Tatum performance. Paul Pierce won his first. So this is Paul Pierce won his first championship when he was about 31. Yeah, right? he was 30, 30, wonderful. 31. Yeah. Come back to me when Jason Tatum is 31 years old and see his first that's fucking what I'm championship. Saying, not fucking, just not a chance. You have, not right? a chance. But anyway, I don't want to turn this into a fucking debate about about it's Paul not, Pierce, and right. I don't want to, and I don't want to be diminutive to Paul Pierce because I love Paul Pierce. I fucking love that guy, and I and I I know what these people are saying. What they're saying is, is I loved being the scrappy underdog. I loved having Pierce as our best player and him being underrated. I loved uh, nobody expecting him to be able to go toe to toe with LeBron and then Kobe in the same playoffs. Like I, you know, I loved that too. I'm just talking about pure raw talent in the fucking eye test. Like, who are you picking first on a on a, on a five on five? Like, I'm taking Tatum. <laughs> right. I'm fucking everybody up. Like, it's just the way it's working, you know. So that's all I have to say about that. And and I'm I'm glad it got a, as many responses as it did. I heard it from a lot of different people that were real real mad. And I just want to say, your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what makes you cheer, and every breath I take without your permission raises my self esteem. Your tears taste wonderful. I've heard that so, before. <laughs> I stole it. So moving on to the preview. I meant like you said that to me <laughs> I meant it. <laughs> Just kidding. So moving on to the preview of uh, game three, but also the rest of the series. We are obviously in an extremely advantageous position, bringing the heat back to Boston for game three and four. Uh, how important is it that we win these, these two games? Do you think we'll take lessons from the mistakes the Milwaukee Bucks made against us because we're in a very similar position that they were in uh, at, at one point in the in the Celtics Bucks series last round? And how much do you think fatigue is playing a, a factor? Feel free to answer in whatever order you want. So it's very important for us to take these next two games. We can't give that home court advantage back to them. We can't, we can't, we can't. It, it just it, it gives them so much more confidence. I feel like, and I know we've been talking about matchups and all this stuff, but like, listen, this is the NBA playoffs. Confidence and swag does go a very long way when it comes to the NBA playoffs. For sure, a hundred percent. So it's like get, it's like getting a hockey goalie hot in right in hockey playoffs. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's very important for us to take this. And plus, like, we're just we are the better team, so like we should take both of these right. games at home. You know what I mean? Like, we just saw who we are at full strength and who we are matchup wise against them. So if we do end up losing one of these two games at home, it's just because we fucked up period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like it was against the Bucks. We should have taken all the home games against them. Yeah. Maybe not the first one, but those, se- those, those, the, the second games, it, we got a fucking offensive rebound in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the only way I see is losing either of these two games. So if we do end up losing one of them, uh, I'm sure it's going to be in some heartbreaking fashion. We're going to be fucking pissed. So I really hope that doesn't fucking happen. Um, what was the other question? Health, health and health and safety or fucking, you know, fatigue. Like where, yeah. where, did, where does this stand? I mean, it benefits us to end the series earlier, sooner rather than later, right? Yeah, I have a theory about that game one, to be honest, is I think 
because Al never actually had COVID. I heard he. he I do. Like I'm a, convinced he was he a did. close quarter. I don't think I'm he convinced. Did, man. I think it was a rest, and they. I think they were going to arrest him. They anymore. didn't want to put parentheses rest next to his name in the fucking play. I agree. So they're like, I agree COVID? because they they COVID? thought about it and they were like, oh, we can get him a, we could get him a, if he tests negative on this day, he plays game two. Fuck it. Yeah, I agree. We need right. We need to get one. And a 100% Al in game two is more important than a 50% He didn't even look 100% in game one. He must have been right. fucking goosed going Gas, game bro. He, had, he probably had no fucking light. Yeah. Think about, so like, just think about that series though. Like games, that that was so Of course. And you asked, you asked so much games. of him specifically right. in, in that series because he had to guard that fucking absolute anomaly. He hasn't done that in five years. Yeah, played, that's played that hard for that long. So yeah, I, I'm... I, it I, makes, I it makes it me feel rested when he's sitting on the bench to, at this point. To be honest with you, like I feel, I'm closer to Al Horford's age than I am to Jason Tatum's age. So at the end of the day, I'm I feel I feel it when he's when he's fucking playing what basketball. A fucking true and perfect <laughs> statement for us. Yeah, no, it, it's gonna play a big factor, man. Listen, I, I do think that tonight was after, nice. We sat we, some motherfuckers early tonight. I was gonna say we got a whole fourth quarter off. I think we need another one of these in these two games. <laughs> okay, I'll take. We'll, it. We, we need another blowout because. It is going to come down to at some point we're not going to be playing great. We're not going to be hitting our shots, and we're going to have to outrun them, out athletic them, out you know what I mean, out hustle them. So it is going to come down to that eventually. So I, we need we need our stamina, bro. We need it. We especially from Horford. That's the guy yeah. that matters to me. Well, you know what I mean? I mean like, I listen, I, mean, take- I don't know. I feel like we 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 were able to ask kind of very little from him tonight you know what i mean like he kind of just needed to play his role tonight rob seemed a little bit more let's talk about rob Williams for a second let's just talk about like the sort of hit or miss trick-or-treat nature of 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 rob williams the the i think rob williams is kryptonite is jimmy butler and i know that they don't get matched up a ton so it's not that big of a deal but nobody bites on up fakes more than rob williams he fucking loves biting up fakes and jimmy butler's got a great up fake and we all need to collectively, as a team, stop biting on his fucking up fakes so hard. And we were a little bit better about it this game. But I said this on the last show. You can't get tricked by Jimmy Butler every single time. His bag of tricks is, is deep, but it's not that fucking deep. You have to just, like, defend him. You know, like, you can't get... It's, it's, he's not LeBron James. He's not getting whatever he fucking wants in there. It's not fair. It's, it's not how it works with Jimmy Butler. He can go on runs like he did tonight, but he can't be in there just doing whatever the fuck he wants like he was for, for spells in these last two games. But, yeah, let's talk about Rob for a second. I think... D- defensive or offensive outlet, he's great. Like like you were talking about his 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 sort of bailout uh, passes, like lobs that he can make happen. Defensively, yeah, he's athletic. He's still got the hops. He's still doing good. He needs to just be a little bit more aware. He needs to be a little bit more aware. He's because, reminded me a little bit of old Rob. Yes, yeah, when he's yeah. in there, right? Yeah, know? a little bit. And, and I think that was my biggest gripe with him when he first got onto the team was, I just think defensively, like he was just there was a, you could go back door on him a lot. You could switch on him quickly a lot. You could be crafty with him underneath the basket a lot. You could up fake him all you fucking wanted. And I was seeing a lot of that, I think, tonight, which was a little disconcerting, I think. Benched? He only paid 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure he got benched. Like I think he, he was getting killed out there, kind of. Yeah, it was just it was he he was definitely second tier to Grant tonight. Because Grant played 32 and Rob only played 20. Well, Grant so, had a quietly good game though. Yeah. Well, we talked about that, bro. Yeah. And uh, he had 19. And I don't understand where that 19 points came from. I swear <laughs> to God, sure. in my life, I, I, I don't know where that. I, I, I was like, Grant scored fucking 19 points tonight. Are you sure? 19 points, five of seven, two of two from three. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Seven of eight. There you go, Grant. 
Seven of eight at the line. So, so this honestly, everybody was fucking scoring. So it was like, who's the next man up? You know, like so. So this kind of goes back to what you were saying, though. For these next two games, right? Having guys where so two, two, two different things. So first, what was the biggest one of our biggest critiques in that first game was free throws, right? Yeah, Emmy rolls reverse. Ime, Ime, yeah, Ime, absolutely. <laughs> and the Ime goes to absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely stressed that in practice or in dude. I, I was saying fucking twenty one of twenty three. Yeah, twenty one of twenty three. I was saying they needed to take fucking free throws for the entirety of the of the rest day. Like everybody just needed to be putting on fucking free throws because it was bad. They did, and, but and the Heat weren't shooting very good, right? What was the Heat? What were the Heat's free throw numbers? Uh, they well, while you look that up, I went the wrong way. While you look that up, I'll just talk about how. I, like, I just think it's like, regardless of, like, they'll shoot badly, like, they shot badly tonight, but they won't do that again. So, like, it's a matter of... 2%. Yeah, I mean, that's garbage. And I, and I think you gotta... But I still think you gotta keep them off the line. You can't rely on that. You know? So, I mean, great that they didn't shoot very well, but they didn't shoot very well from fucking anywhere tonight, I, I feel like. They had open looks. Their role players had open looks that I feel like were just not scary. Uh, and because it goes back to what we we're talking about, like, their role players just are not that fucking good. They're not that deep. It's gonna look worse in Boston. It is. It's going it to look fucking worse. Listen, I think we win both these games, and I think fucking we win them handily. I, I was trying to extend this out a little bit here, but I think we win both these games by fucking 10, man. Yeah, I and, feel like we will, too. And it's so that's 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 our M.O., though, right? This yeah. is this is every game this playoffs. When we play the way we're capable of from beginning to end, we win the game by 10 or more points every fucking time. Mm-hmm. And and. I really think that this team, man, it's it's something special because when they play, when they play their basketball, they're very very hard to beat. Uh, Shaq or was it Shaq or someone said it tonight. Shaq or Charles, yeah, <laughs> one of the two. Um, we're gonna beat Golden State if we keep playing this way. The Golden State's gonna have a tough time matching up against us. If well, we I mean, there. that's a little. If premature. we were to get there, no. If we were to get there, even they and they're like the cream of the crop of the NBA, all this stuff. Even they would have a hard time matching up against us right now. Well, I just mean it's a little premature because the Western Conference Finals are also not the same. Oh, right. Or Dallas, right. Or Dallas, right. Yeah. Anyone in the NBA right now would have, is that better? Well, Any, yeah. Well, anyone I mean, in the NBA would yeah. have a tough time. Well, I, bl- I, I agree with you. And I was going to move on to this point also. I think uh, just just to just to do a refined prediction, uh, you originally called Celtics in five. Are you sticking with that? Yes. 100%. Cool. I, I, I don't them see in, us losing another game. I called them in six, and just because you already have the five call, I'm going to stick with it, but I'm starting to believe you. I think we won our game more dominantly than they won their game, and we're going home. And I think we're better on paper, and I think we're better in real life. So, okay. say in theory, in theory, like communism, it works in theory, but maybe not in practice. I don't know. Maybe we should try it again. I don't know. I'm not trying to go off on a rant, but I mean, it would, it would be worth a shot. Because capitalism isn't going really well, guys. Anyway, listen. So if we... <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do I mean, it's not my fault. Okay, you've seen gas prices and inflation. It's not... I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I yeah, know. I did it as much as, you know, the next guy. So say in theory, in theory, we, uh, we win this series. Say we win in five and we go to the finals. Question one, who do you want out of the Western Conference finals? Who do you think we match up better against? And why? So, I think Dallas is is scary because they're the team that no one believes in. I think Luca's scary. Yeah, Luca's very scary. And 
I think they're better than a lot of people give them credit for. They remind me a lot of us, except without that yeah. secondary guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I they're, agree. they're, 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 so they're coached by Jason Kidd, who, who we shit on when they hired him. Great coach. He, he, great, or great, good, good great coach, coach on the part, but yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he preaches defensive identity, man. He lets Luca do his thing. And on the other ends of the court, it's all about fucking doing your job and playing defense. And that's what they've been doing. They got absolutely torched in game one against Golden State. I mean, and Golden State's Golden State, man. Listen, I never want to see. Are they still? Are they still? They can be. They can be at night. night. It doesn't seem to come quite as easily to them. But they still have Jordan Poole, who they integrated in. They still have, oh, well, Peyton might be back for the finals. Steve Kerr is a really Steve good Steve Kerr is a coach still, right. So Steph Curry can still fucking light you up for fucking 38. Dr- you know? The heart and soul still there. Draymond's still there. Dude, they got Wiggins. Like, okay, but hold on a second. Draymond looks like he's got like a like a, like a, a little a, person or a dwarf. A five-ton like, bricks choking him. At all times, like he, he hasn't been able to jump for like three seasons, but it's now tough. it's like that, you know? Yeah. And I like... You know, you say they still have the heart and soul in Draymond, but if we're talking matchup wise, I, I, a sick sadistic part of me wants to see Luca versus Tatum. I do want that. Like a sick, sick part of me as a Celtics, as a Celtics fan, I don't want to see that. As a basketball fan, I want to see that. As a neutral, I want to see that. If we get Golden State, I think we got him, to be totally honest with you, because Draymond in there is just going to get. Yeah, I'll put their fucking old big man against our old big man all fucking day long. Like, Al will YMCA eat him with elbows, like, for the entirety of that fucking series. And if he ever tries to come out to the perimeter, I'll put fucking Marcus on. Like, I don't even give a shit. Like, he's useless out there. Or Marcus might even be too much, you know? Rob Williams will torture him. It's it's bad. So, it comes down to, to Steph and Clay, you know? And, like, yeah, they're probably going to beat you one or two games with their shots falling, but I don't know, man. I just, again, I just feel like we're longer, we're stronger, we're more athletic, we just have more options, we have more offensive options. I would be more scared of Maps, personally, because I'm genuinely afraid of Luka, and I've really rated him ever since he's come into the league because he's so fucking good. And it really went up a level when he played what was the best team in the regular season. I mean, I've been saying this since we started this podcast and, and well before. You can't win if your best players are guards. It just doesn't work. If you get if you get a, a team with wings like ours or a team with like Giannis on it, it's just, it's not going to work. So they come up against a guy like Luca, who's just fucking enormous and, and can do whatever he wants and create his own shot. It's, that's what's going to happen. But it was his attitude and it was how he did it. You know, why, like that clip of them catching him being like, everybody wants to act tough when fucking up, when they're like, when they're up, you know? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, he's just like, he's kind of a fucking dog, you know? And I, I think he's got more obvious dog in him than Tatum does, uh, right as it, as it stands right now. But I think Tatum might be a little bit of a better player as it stands right now. So I'd love to see the matchup. Would you be scared? I'd be scared. I'd be a little worried just because of who he is. He'd be, he'd be, is he better than Giannis? Is that a discussion we want to start it, right now? He's up? different. He's different. It's such a different yeah. thing, I think, because he's just as imposing as Giannis is. It'd so be it's just that as same setting to have to play against him. I Plus, think. he fucking kills us too. He does. He fucking kills us. And, I think and, that. I think and that. See, I don't want to see anyone in Dallas win a championship before the Cowboys. So, 
There you go. I think they already have though. Like Dirk already won. Everyone, I, someone said that to me last night. I was like, that's the point. <laughs> Sorry, I was missing the point right there. The uh, my po- I, the point I was going to make though. I think that the difference if Luca was to play at his level, I think the difference between him and Giannis is that every time Giannis pulled up for a jump shot, you were like, oh thank god. Every time Luca pulls up for a jump shot, you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> so that's a fact. And he can also like make moves inside. He's be yeah. I mean. He's not better than Giannis, but it might be harder to play against him, if that makes sense. If both things can be true, then I think that that might be true. Like, Giannis we're, is so hard to play against. I don't know. Well, let's we're see. Definitely, we're definitely so far ahead of ourselves. I know. I was going to say, we're going our way into a fucking corner here. I think, I think that we can wrap it up there. We, we, yeah, we, <laughs> uh, we're like, okay, so we're playing on the moon. It, it, do they wear zero gravity boots? Like, what's the rules? <laughs> it's like... It's it's like uh, it's like that meme of like Charlie Day, like all the fucking uh, all, the, all the fucking things like posted up on the wall with like a cigarette. He's like figuring out his he's huffed gasoline. That's us though, you know. If they let just me and you do a podcast together without any adults in the room, then we will just declare ourselves winners of the series and the trust. It's over. We're playing. Yeah, what the fuck? Just give us the ring right now. <laughs> it's like, hey, Dave and Bobby, uh, you, it was really good and useful, but I don't know if we're really ready for you to plan the parade route. Um, uh, it's good to have. It's really good to have. Uh, it's good to know where we're going. So, so let so put a stamp on it. Is like, listen, this team has actual championship aspirations okay and like i think it's time i just think it's time for people to start fucking recognizing that okay this isn't this is no longer like oh this same this isn't the same fucking celtics everyone wake the it's fuck your, up it's not your grandmother's self. wake the fuck up this team is special this team is real and it's fucking on it's on banner 18 okay it could be coming to the Raptors. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I love it. I'm fucking fired up. On that note, uh, the Miami Heat certainly know that, and they've learned that after game one, this not fucking around thing just went both ways. And for missing the point, I am DK Sizzle, here with Real BK Bob Kelly, and can't wait to talk to you after a hopeful game three win. All right, have a good one. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.